Tonight, we discuss the heartbreaker loss in, in Columbia, Missouri, last Saturday against the Tigers. Then, we're gearing up for a huge SEC matchup this Saturday against Auburn. Can the Gamecocks repeat what they did against Florida under the lights again at williams Bryce? The men's basketball team is in full swing, starting 2-0 without their best player of the season so far. Plus, the women's basketball team is still undefeated and faces Clem Sucks Tigers tonight at Capital at Colonial Life Arena. And the, the season isn't over, but yet the women's team is already getting better. All that coming up on the countdown. I'm your host. We're having a couple decks this cold season. I'm Brady Fitzgerald here with my co-host. Jay Dog, what's going on, Gamecock Nation? How you doing today? Uh-oh. Yes, we're having a little tef- technical difficulties, but working our way through it just like we do everything else. But like you said, we're going to talk about some football and um, also some football and maybe even some football. But then we're also going to touch on a little bit of uh, our women's basketball team who is off to a great start. And might even cover a little basketball uh, for the men's team as well. And uh, and then um, we'll just go on from there. We are pleased to announce that we will be here for another 53 minutes. Um, not our normal 30, but we're going to go for 53 and give you the best information we can about our Gamecocks and what to expect, not only tomorrow, but this weekend. All right, I'm settled in. All right. Yeah, the, the headphones, they were too loud. I was blaring myself out of the park. But we're here. We're back. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling productive today. That's are you? Feeling. Yeah. I feel exhausted. That comes with production, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Um, all right, yeah. So last, last weekend in Columbia, Missouri, the Gamecocks came out, and uh, we were expecting a, a, a wild performance that we did yesterday. We were more uh, considering of let's see what happens. And, you know, it seems like it's a perfect game to happen for Gamecock Nation. We didn't get blown out, uh, but we we held our own. We got back into the game after a slow start, and you know we didn't we got we lost by three. Not terrible. It, it wasn't uh, horrible, but it wasn't great in any terms of the word great. Uh, we we just didn't perform to our capabilities, and we let. Um, Missouri in the door when we had the opportunity. I mean, at halftime, we were up 17 to 14. And in order for us to maintain that, all we had to do was play the same way. And we just couldn't hold it. We couldn't, we weren't, we didn't step up to the plate. We didn't step up to the plate and we didn't, well, first of all, we were down 17 13 or 17 14 at the, uh, at the half. But, uh, no, you're right. We didn't, we didn't have the, the same. My bad. A highlight reel came up while I'm looking at the the stats. Uh, anyways, the the quarterback play was decent. It got better in the second half. We just let Missouri run all over us. That was our issue. We we really didn't we didn't even attempt to stop them at all all game. Uh, Tyler Batty is their running back with 6.1 yards a carry, and you might think, oh, what he had 10. 20, 10, 15 carries. Now he had 34 with mm-hmm. 6.1 yards a carry is ridiculous for 209 yards at a touchdown. Yeah. And he really just diced up this team. Yeah. I mean, when, when you have a backfield that is, is wanting to play and sees the potential in this team, which, you know, Beamer has done a very good job in selling the team, um, they have futures here. And, it's just unfortunate that the line, the offensive line, the defensive line, not all three aspects of the game as they did in Florida were, were they just weren't clicking. Um, but when you have uh, inspiration from a backfield that wants to run and wants to do well, it, it is contagious. And um, we are really going to need that coming up this next week. Yes, we're definitely going to need this coming up next week. This was supposed to be, you know, not a game after the Florida experience, all of Columbia thought we were going to trounce the, the Missouri Tigers. So, but I'm honestly happy enough that we stuck in, in there with them. We, we covered, we had a, we had a good game plan and it just slipped away from us. So I don't feel like this was a bad loss whatsoever. Uh, I feel like the team really, they started to look better throughout the game. And I, what I liked is that Jason Brown still looks good. He, uh, he missed some passes, you know, missed 14 out of his 30, but I feel like that type of stuff just comes with rhythm. More 
more reps. We talked about last week how this is his first start ever in yeah. an SEC environment. So him getting more SEC reps against a real SEC team, uh, it, it makes it's 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 good to know that he can at least play decent against not just one night in a row. No, absolutely. When you give it the opportunity, i.e. Tom, my main man, Brady, <laughs> when you're given the opportunity to play and the opportunity to shine, he did, and he has stepped up to the plate. Because, I mean, if he had the opportunities early in the season against non-conference games, he would be shining brightly right now, and the team would have sold themselves to him and trusted in every aspect of his game and did whatever he wanted to. But since he came in so late, he doesn't have that experience. He doesn't he he's he doesn't have the whole team's chemistry built in as as Doty had and, and even uh, Noland Noland of all three of them really. But now that he's had that um, a couple games, um, no, he didn't start last one, but he did start Missouri and he he. Played well. I mean, he really did play well. Yeah, I mean, he did. Good. I mean, they SC had 18 first downs. Um, um, they had 114 yards rushing, which is not horrible. I mean, they did beat Missouri t- to 98. Um, they had 169 yards passing um, and to Missouri's 203. Um, so it, it wasn't bad, but it ended up being, I think, more or less, um, I, I, I don't know, it, it just sloppy play. Um, you know, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't, it, it didn't have the feel that they were going to win. They had a valiant effort towards the end, but they just, they couldn't finish. That's all. It really is what they couldn't finish. No, they couldn't finish in the second quarter when Missouri scored 17. It really felt like the team was a little bit defeated once they were, cause they were up seven, nothing and riding high. And then it seemed like once they tied it, they, uh, they didn't know what to do. Right. And they, they felt, they were like, wow, well, you know, thinking about last week, they were probably like, "Well, Florida never, like, Florida never came back. What's going on?" So yeah. the, and I think the rushing attack really did uh, shock them. I don't know why, but def- definitely it seemed like it shocked them. Where like, yeah, how is she going to give up six yards a carry for thirty-four carries? It's, right. it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, that just means you know, there's stuff to improve on this team. We're not, we beat Florida, but you know, they're not even ranked anymore. We're not world beaters. Uh, we had maybe we had to be humbled a little bit by having a a decent loss. Yeah, like it was a decent loss. Yeah, I, I'm, complain about. I'm, I'm I can't say I'm completely optimistic. I, I, I you can make optimi as far as uh, getting a win in the last two games. Um, and as we were talking about earlier, when Auburn comes in, you know they're six and four. They don't they were ranked 16 a little bit ago, uh, but they've lost, and so it's not, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's nothing that we can't – we don't have a possibility at. And also, uh, you know, Bobo's coming back. You know, he was here in December yeah. as an offensive coordinator, and he thought about staying. And he actually told Beamer, yeah, I, I'm going to stick around. This is where I want to be. But two weeks later after that, he just kind of popped smoke and headed on to the uh, kiddies of uh, Auburn. Um, so this will be a, a homecoming for him of sorts because uh, he did work for um, Muschamp. So <clears throat> he's going to want to come back and make a statement, to be honest with you. I really think he is. Um, but And I also think that um, Shane Beamer is going to want to make his own statement and let Bobo know, look, bro, you missed out on this opportunity to rebuild because in the next few years, your team is going to uh, not progress quite as fast as ours uh, because we have so many talented young men and women, young men coming in here to play and you're at a kind of a stagnant uh, Auburn. Yeah, they get a lot of lot of five stars, four stars every once in a while. Not like Auburn, not like Alabama or anything. But um, so SC is is a a place where aspirations are going to be aspirations are going to grow with everything that's happening. We, I mean, we how many games have won this year? Considering we're f- we've won five, yeah. that's I mean, it's it, we didn't expect it. What no. did we say last year? We expected what? It, we were happy with three. Sure. So this is all gravy for me right now, and you know when we go in here, but I, I you know I want to win. I yeah. want to beat Auburn, and that just means we need everyone there. We need everyone uh, cheering their loudest, showing why why Beamer wants to stay here, and why Beamer said after the the Virginia Tech job opened up that. He has no thoughts of leaving them. And, of course, that's coach talk. You know, he's not going to say, like, oh, I would love to go to Virginia Tech. But 
He did a big challenge said, in our hands, but our guys are excited about the opportunity to go compete. Certainly are excited about the opportunity to be back home in williams Bryce Stadium. We feed off our fans' energy, and we're going to need a rocking williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, he said it himself, just like you said. Um, the opportunity today that they have uh, this weekend, they our players, not only the players, but the fans, oh, there's only two, two games left, and they just happen to be home games. And also, by the way, a fun fact, did you know that the USC Gamecocks are finishing out the season by playing three kitty cats in a row? I was about to say, when you said the, the Auburn Tigers, I was like, man, how many Tigers are we playing? Yeah, three. Yeah, three in a row. And that all in Columbia, quote unquote. Absolutely, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, uh, I wanted to say um, <clears throat> there's a history with Auburn. It's not a very long history. I mean, actually, it's a long history. We date back from 1930 was the last time, or the first time we played them, and um, <clears throat> we've only played them 13 times. Did you know that? I did not know that. And the last time, you know, we did beat them. We beat them last year. Yes, we did. We beat them 30 to 22 at home, which mm-hmm. was a shocker. To everybody, but if can you give me a guess? I really wish that people would call in. When was the last time that USC actually beat Auburn? In Auburn? Anywhere? Well, it was last year, right? Didn't you just say that? Other than last year. Other than last year. Um, give a wild guess. Wild guess. I'm gonna go five years ago. Five years ago. Ooh, right on the money. No, that's your guess. Five oh, years ago. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you really got my hopes. Uh, up. I sure did. <laughs> um, how about let's say um, I'm doing the math in my head. Okay. Uh, Carry the. How about uh, sixty-two? More than no. Hold on. More than that. Nineteen thirty-three was wow. the last time, other than last year, that we beat Auburn. Wow. Yeah. So last week, last year was a big. Uh, it was a surprise. But uh, um, sixty. What do you think it was? Nineteen ninety. It was nineteen. Nineteen thirty-three to nineteen twenty twenty-one. So twenty-one plus sixty-seven is ninety-eight <laughs> years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Ninety-eight years ago. That is nuts. Uh, well, I want to beat him again. I don't want that streak to start again. I want to beat him again uh, this weekend. And they have. A, they're going to have a quarterback change with uh, Mr. Bo. Bo, Bo Nix, or as I like to yeah. call him, Bo Picks, because he throws so many interceptions. Yeah. Uh, they will be going with TJ Finley, who was on LSU last year and cooked us. Yeah. So we're another, another part of revenge. We want some revenge on that. And that was a game that we thought last year we could, we could finish out and win yeah. and get some SEC wins under our belt. But uh, TJ Finley had uh, other plans. Yeah. You know, part of our. Uh as the season's starting to wind down, I wanted to make a note that, you know, some of these, some of our players out there, and we do have a listener out there tonight who's going to tell me tomorrow I misspelled and mispronounced his name, but I do know it starts with JJ, sir. I did remember that. Um, defense. Um, there is a top one draft pick in our defense mm-hmm. that is foregoing his senior season to enter the NFL draft once the season's over. It's JJ in a. G, <laughs> B A B R A N E. So I will not mispronounce his name. You'll just spell. I'll pronou- <laughs> I will spell it and be safe. Uh, but yes, it was ju- it was uh, announced today that he will forego his season and enter the NBA draft. And he has been ranked as twelfth up twelfth pick in the NFL draft mm-hmm. and as low as thirty one. So, but all in the first round. So that is impressive to say the least. Um, so. As it's as as earlier we spoke on the defense of of USC, how we are leading, um, if not very close to interceptions throughout the entire and through the SEC and if not the entire country. So that is an awesome thing. So that I mean he's contributing to a defense. Um, and don't 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 say it's anything like Georgia, but it is it is impressive to say the least. Yeah, no, that definitely impressive. Our defense has been standing up besides. The running attack, I feel like we we have been struggling with the the running game, and that, but that's about it. I feel like people can't, uh, you know, not besides the best of the best, but other than that, I feel like they can't uh, they can't hit us. They can't they can't nail us with the air attack. Right. No, I th- I th- I completely agree. Um, but I think it would be an exciting game. Um, I think that everybody needs to come out there, as we mentioned before. That imagine, if you will that we are out there playing against Auburn and not a single soul 
shows up to the stadium. The we we I don't think we'd have half the game that we would if the people showed up. Basically, we they feed off the energy within the stadium. So people continue to come out. It's only two games left of the season, and make your presence known. Listen to Sandstorm. Watch Cocky come out. You know, boo the crowd. You know, be where's our hecklers at? Our our, our student section needs to step on a heckling. You know, especially during warmups. You know, uh, the 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 opposing team is always down at the um, student section. Where are you at? What what's going on? What, what why aren't you all calling kitty cats and meowing? You know, get get them all. Yeah. Get in their heads. I think I think this game people are showing up. They saw what happened in Florida. They saw they missed out. They uh they you know they realized like man I I should have went to that game. We we completely just trounced them. So I feel like the energy will be there. I'm excited to see what it is and see what it's like. And I'm just pumped up. I'm ready for Saturday. Yeah. I'm ready to get going. Uh, predictions. 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 All right. Make one right here, right now. Go ahead, you first, because I have uh, my first one was great. I was off by one point on each, but since (laughs) then I haven't been doing so well, especially Florida. I thought literally, I thought we were going to lose forty to ten or something like that, but it was completely opposite. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna go a little ballsy because I want to get some optimism in in in, pumped into South Carolina. Uh, I'm going. (laughs) Drums, please. (laughs) I'm going. 31-28, 31-28, South Carolina wins in a nail-biter. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you are truly optimistic today. I am. I am being optimistic. Um, let, let me, before I do mine, um, which I will, let me uh, run down these quick numbers real quick. You know, Auburn, 6-4, SC's 500, which is great. Auburn is scoring 31.6 points a game, and we are doing 23.5. Uh, opponents for Auburn is only 22, and we are giving up 24. Um, they are rushing less than we are, um, but they have more rushing yards a game, 175 to our 128. Um, passing, we they are passing 256 yards a game to our uh, 205. I was about to say, I'm surprised if that would crack 200. Yes. Um, they are running more plays. They're doing a lot more awesome stuff. You know, hey, there's, but you know who else was doing that? Who? Florida. We look at the stats. All right. You can compare them. It's about the heart and soul of Columbia. It is. It's the heart. It's and I feel like maybe they just they were I maybe they were missing us when they were over in Missouri. That's why we weren't trouncing. Really? They were. Yeah, they were missing us. Yeah. Maybe we should we go travel <laughs> yeah, with, we the should travel with the team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think Flo Rida was a uh, was was not. I won't say a fluke, but I think that <laughs> it just showed our capabilities. And and um, I was really hoping that they go to Missouri and keep riding that horse. Um, you know, use our gal- our Gamecock talons and rip the face off those tiger faces. But it didn't work that way. So they're going to come back here with a little revenge, a little bit of, you know, Auburn is not an easy team. They're very physical. They play physical, as as Coach Beamer would say. Physicality is going to rule this game, and the trenches especially. And uh, But I really want to be optimistic, but I'm going pessimistic here today. SC, 14. Mm. Auburn. 31. No, I don't like that sign. I hate it. I hate it. I wish it was the other way around because what it's going to come down to is Clem Sucks is going to come into the station in our our house and and really feel as though they need to make a statement game of their own, having such a horrible season of their their own. Yes, they still have the opportunity to be the ACC champions, but they are nowhere. Really? Yes, they do. They, they, They have to have certain other teams lose and win, but it is possible. It it literally is possible. That's a, that's a joke. It is. That it is. Prove that's why how bad the yeah, ACC is. Joke. But uh, with that being said, um, Auburn is. We really need to learn from this game if we don't do well. And what I mean by that is the physicality, as as Beamer would say, um, is going to be contagious, and we're going to have to learn from how they play because they Auburn is no more physical than Georgia, and Georgia blew us up. So if we can learn from and and learn from the mistakes of Georgia and implement them in Auburn's game, I think we'll be a little bit more um, uh, competitive. But at the same time, we can learn on on stepping up and being more physical ourselves. Because when it comes to Clemsucks, when they come in, we need to beat them down like wet noodles that they could be and and terrorize their kitty cat ways. I think what uh what needs to happen is I see a lot of. And, you know, I could be completely wrong on this, but I see a lot of uh, Beamer in- injecting the, the energy into these, these players. But I feel like 
I mean, and again, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like we need a player to step up. You know, we need a player to get the, the people going, to get the crowd going and get the, the team going, get the huddles. And, you know, you every good good team has that guy that comes in, slaps a guy on the, the helmet. What are you doing? Come on, yelling at him. Oh, yeah. Getting motivated. <laughs> uh, so, and I feel like maybe in Missouri, you know, it's Missouri. They come on the plane. They're like, oh, dang, we just beat Florida by 40, you know. And now they, they lost. They got punched back in the mouth. Now they're coming home and facing a, another SEC opponent. So maybe maybe they'll just get up more for this game. They might. They might. Um, but that individual you were speaking of, he's here, man. He is here. And it just happens to be a third-string quarterback who's coming in and trying to make a difference. And who would have thunk? I mean, literally, fans, if you're not listening out there, who would have thunk that a third-string quarterback would come in and motivate this team to beat Flo Rida and and make Missouri a competitive game. Nobody, nobody. We had aspirations of, of being a 7-8 win team um, during the preseason or even in the spring with Doty doing well. And uh, we weren't even expecting uh, Zolander to, um, to perform at all. He was not recruited. He did not come here to play. And it yeah, just he so, came here to coach. Yes, and it just so happens he could throw a ball every once in a while. And mm-hmm. he knew how to lead the team. That's why he got his opportunity because these other two cats that uh, um, Brown and Gothier didn't have that leadership capability yet because, you know, they haven't really been in the, in the, in the show, so to speak. In and the system, yeah. Yeah, and Zolander has. But there's another cat that has been just off the chain all year, and he's about to break every single one of our uh, uh, career Carolina leaders records. And um, if you don't know, now you know, Parker White. The guy is just insane. Um, he is three field goals away from breaking the Carolina career leader record. Um, he is two away from field goal attempts. He is uh, <clears throat> about 19 away from point after made uh, attempts, uh, 18. Uh, percentage, point after percentage, minimum of 540. He is 90 percent. We can say 98.6, wow. but he is 99% from 2017 to present. And he has scored, and he will hopefully break this record, 349 points he has scored, and the all-time record is 359. He might be that cat who needs to step up and say, yo, check this out. We got two games left. I want to go out on a high note. I will be going into the NFL. If he doesn't, something, something is wrong. Um, and my resume needs to step up. Now, if you all need me to kick every single uh, point of the game, he will have no problem doing that. But he just wants the team to get there. Get me in range. Absolutely. I like that. I love. I, I would love to see Parker White go out there, break all the records. Yeah. Call the day. Absolutely. You know. You uh, know. I, I mean, because especially he's always he's always been the guy. Whenever you need a big kick, he's there. He's coming and he's uh, and he's making them. Yeah. You know. You know the uh, um, as the season, like I said, starting to wind down. I mean, it's it's still there. But um, this year we've had some pretty good award winners. I mean, Debo Williams, you know, he was a co-SEC Freshman of the Week in the first game of the season back yeah. in September. Parker White, of course, he has twice co-SEC Special Teams Player of the Week versus East Carolina and versus Florida. Kai, uh, your average everyday Great. grocer, <laughs> Kroger, was the Ray Guy Award, Ray Eights. Again, he, Kai, your everyday grocer, Kroger, he was the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week versus Vanderbilt. Um, Jalen Foster, Sporting News mid-season All-American team. I did not know that. And yeah, Jalen Foster's been on a tear. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's he led the league for a while, like the whole SEC for a while in interceptions. So. Yeah. And and he's got the he's on a Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist. I did see Which that. is crazy. That's pretty dope. But there's that J.J. Ineg. I'm not even going to say it, uh, uh, say it, sir. E-N-A-G-B-A-R-E. I am going to mess that up. His first name is Kinsley, but we're going to call him JJ. He did win the Chuck Bignarik Award semifinalist as well. So our team is not full of slouches, so to speak. These guys, if you're going to get these kind of awards, you have to be uh, quality players. So our team is full of potential superstars, and I think Beamer is going to lead them to the promised land eventually, slowly but surely. We are the turtle, not the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um unfortunately at times but over the next uh two or three years we will become 
the rabbit that everybody's going to be chasing after. But uh, as you said, I think I'm real. I'm really excited for this. Uh, um, if we want to uh, change pace just a little bit here, I was going to say. Speaking of the rabbit, let's yes. go right into the rabbits that we have on campus. Absolutely. The uh, the women's basketball game that tips off in 30 minutes, which uh, Riley and I will be racing to get there afterwards. Nice. Yes. Um, but the ga- the Lady Gamecocks, the they're coming in. They're still the number one seed, beating uh, beating. We talked about them beating NC State, really good team. Then they went around and beat uh, who they beat? They oh um, South Dakota, you know, not a, not a great team, but you know we did our job. We blew them out by thirty. And tonight, I expect a showcase against the Clemson team. Uh, it's not going to be close. No, I expect a complete domination <coughs> against these, these yeah. Tigers. Um. I don't even think it's going to be that close to even have to be able to say Clem sucks. It's like Clem set, you know. I mean, <laughs> you almost feel bad. I mean, they're one and one. I mean, uh, um, they're they're not horrible, but you know, prior to tonight's game, South Carolina will celebrate its 2021-22 accomplishments by distributing rings and unveiling banners to recognize the program's sixth, that's sixth with a th, SEC tournament title and third trip to the NCAA four. Yay! <laughs> That's awesome, and and so all the fans are coming out. They get a treat uh, for that, and also tonight's game is a home opener for South Carolina, which is twenty five and seven all time in home openers, including eleven and two mark under our very talented coach Don Staley. The Gamecocks have won their last ten home openers and are seventeen and two in home openers played in Colonial Life Arena. The home opener is also a great time to remind everyone that South Carolina fans have led the nation in average attendance for each of the last seven seasons, including the, the limited attendance 2021 season, the COVID season. And the Gamecocks have sold over 10,100 season tickets, putting them on track to retain that title. Wow. South Carolina's depth has shown in bench production so far this season, though. Two games. So the last two games, the bench is averaging, can you guess, how many points are they averaging? Bench is averaging, mm, I'm going to go with 35 points. I sure wish. Nope, 23 points per game <laughs> yeah, yeah, to account for 33.3% of the offense, which is that's, remarkable. That's pretty great. A third of the points are coming off the bench. Um, last season, the bench averaged only 17. And, oh, wow. And with a 23% of the offense. So for, I mean, yeah, we got five-star recruits sitting on a bench. Um, which and is we, just got, we just signed another one right now. Yes. Uh, Miss... Talia Sir Cooper yeah. has signed. Congratulations, coming to the greatest yes. uh, basketball program in the in absolutely. The I mean, that's not even an understatement. No, and now another five star will be uh, a, f- a freshman next year and probably ride the bench for a year and yep. then come out and be a star for us. So yeah, she's six four, and she's yeah. a local bred uh, uh, player, which is awesome. And Don Staley has known her since the sixth grade. Wow. So when they're talking about so recruiting. Like she already knows how she plays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like, um, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry to, to uh, forget your name, uh, NBA, WNBA uh, MVP. What was her name? Asia Wilson. Asia Wilson. It was the same thing. Yeah. Right here in Hopkins, uh, Dawn Staley uh, followed her for years prior to her signing her letter of intent to come here. So, I mean, Dawn Staley is such a great recruiter. You know, I mean, she's getting people from all over the country and following them at, at such an early age. And we actually, uh, there is a, um, the 2024 um, High School Player of the Year uh, nominee right now, the number one player ranked in the country is in Camden High School. Really? Yes. She's 6'4", and she has not made her decision yet. She's a sophomore, and she's ranked number one in the country for the 2024. Wow. But senior Destiny Henderson continues to be the engine that powers the Gamecock offense, which is so odd because she did not play that much last year. Yeah. Um, she, she hurt herself at the end of the year, didn't she? Yes, she did. Yes. She leads the team with 14 points per game. Wow. Five assists. Those numbers ranked four, 14th and 4th, respectfully, in the SEC. She has shot 56% from the field, including a sterling 67% from the three-point range. Four of six. Well, I mean, four when you shoot, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, let me put something in perspective real quick, which is great. She's shooting six, right? I was looking at the guys last night. Mm-hmm. And we are three and one. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, but you lose against Princeton. What's really going on? Um, there's a cat on our team who has shot 25 three-point shots. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess three. Oh, yeah, three went in, and two of them were, like, towards the end of the game, weren't they? 
He yeah. made two all season. He shot his his three point shooting percentage at point zero eight. He and he leads the team with three point attempts. That's terrible. What's really going on? That is terrible. Junior Eli Ali of Boston though continues to garner a lion's share of the opponent's attention on defense, but teams have not been able to slow her down as much defensively as she leads the nation with four and a half blocks per game. It's a crazy, and when you were talking about uh, Henderson's points per game at only 14, you might, you know, you might think only 14, but you got to remember, like, based on uh, 14 in a game, we need to normalize that 14 a game is because everyone else is getting eight, they're getting uh, 10, they're getting 12, and that's what the men's basketball team needs to look at and yeah. show. They like they need to say, oh, I don't need to average 20 points a game. Right. I need to average. 14, yes. you know, get five assists, have my other boy get 14. Well, it's a total game contribution. That's mm-hmm. what needs to happen, and that's what Don does. I bet, I bet, I hate to say this, but I bet if Don went into the men's basketball and they no, and they reversed the roles. She'd whip them in the shade. Yes, there'd be a, 100%. They, there'd be a little um, controversy. Yes. Um, but uh, by the numbers, uh, number three, South Carolina's third in the nation in blocked blocks per game. We are not, I mean, sure, four and a half for Aaliyah Boston, but our team blocks almost 10 per game. With three Gamecocks ranked among the SEC's top 15, Boston, Saxton, and Beal. 47, South Carolina has had 10,000 or more fans in Colonial Life Arena in 47 consecutive games. Can you believe that? That's crazy. 47 consecutive games of 10,000. The men don't do that, not even close. And 70.8. Through two games this season, the Gamecocks are shooting 70.8% in three in, in the paint, 34 for 48, which is unbelievable. I mean, don't get me wrong, who are they playing? But at the same time, I mean, everybody's number is going to go down just a little bit as soon as you get into SEC play. Yeah. Um, but I bet our numbers are better than other SEC uh, teams right now. And and we will prove that our numbers will be better when we beat them yeah. in every SEC contest. Yeah. The uh, South Carolina has won the last 10 meetings, but Clemson leads the overall series 33-32. to The Gamecocks' 10 straight victories have all come by double digits. And you, can you guess, drums please, can you guess the average winning margin in the last, of those last 10 games? You said more than 10 points? I, I'm not telling you. I'm not, I can't, that's not, I'm not giving all you right, a hint. Right, what right. is the average winning margin? And can you tell me what is the largest win? All right. Average winning margin, I'm going to go 13. And what, what the largest, you, I'm going to go 34. No. No? No. The average winning margin against Clemson is 27.1. Wow. It's unbelievable. Whoa. And the largest is 63 points. Oh, my God. Yes. They doubled my number. Yes, they did. Um, the Gamecocks hold a 20-11 overall advantage in games played in Columbia, winning the last five meetings in Colonial Life Arena. The most recent meeting between the rivals went to South Carolina, 48 or 84-48, to 48. At Little John Coliseum in November of 19, 2019, six Gamecocks scored in double figures as South Carolina opened a 20-9 advantage after the first quarter and never looked back. The last game at Colonial Life Arena was on November 15, 2018, resulting in a 69-57 South Carolina victory. Four Gamecocks on the current roster played in that game. Lily Grissett, Destiny Henderson, Victoria Saxon, and Elisa Weselek. If I messed up all your names, I'll spell it next time. <laughs> Uh, I do want to mention, since we are playing Clemson and we'll be playing Clemson uh, soon in football, right now is the blood drive. Yes. I'm wearing the T-shirt. I, I donated that. blood uh, yesterday. Is that why you're not feeling so well? A little drained? <laughs> I, I, yesterday, <laughs> I did so I did the super red. Yeah. Which is, I had no idea what it was, but they were like, you know, it's for whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever, sign me up. Yeah. And I didn't think, I, I would have rec- changed my mind if I knew I was going to be up on that machine for 20 minutes. Were you really? Oh, uh, blood was coming in and I, the plasma was coming back in. Oh. oh it was, it was actually, uh, I mean, I'm glad I donated. I'm glad I got whatever they got. Whatever, I'm glad they extracted whatever they extracted from me. But yeah. uh, it's a good cause. Uh, nice t-shirt, comfortable yeah. t-shirt. And uh, we want to beat Clemson. So if you, and if you look at promotional stuff for that and you see a kid with a with a pink mask, That's holding you. up a sign that yeah. says 
reason why you donated blood because Clem sucks. Really? Yes. Really? I was wearing that. Or I was rocking that. And got That's inspirational. It. There is one bad note today I have to uh, announce about our high-speed women's basketball team. I'd say drums, please, but... Sad drums. Yeah, a five-star recruit is out for the season. Did you know that? I did not. I, um, this is new news to me. Our number one overall, our highest ranked um, recruit of this last year, Raven Johnson, the one out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she's a five-star freshman recruit, is out for the remainder of the season due to a left knee injury suffered in the first quarter of the Gamecocks win versus South Dakota on November 12th. So That's she's shame. done. Yeah. That's a shame. Uh, luckily, with this team, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I, uh, I mean, of course, it's good depth, but I feel like this team already has good depth, and uh, Don Staley definitely preaches the next man up mentality. Yeah, and I, it's a it's a shame that that she has torn her ACL and, or whatever knee knee injury and will be out. So, praise up to her. Hopefully, a speedy recovery, and hopefully, we get to see her by next year. Or you know, you never know. They always say season ending, but if we go all the way to the championship, maybe she'll be able to play again. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, the Gamecock fans, you know, we need to be out there today. I know we're sold out, but, you I mean, you can still get in and, and stand around the outside and still cheer. Um, excluding the COVID-limited attendance season of 2019-20, South Carolina has drawn at least 10,000 fans in 47 consecutive games, as I mentioned previously, dated back to 2017 season opener. In regular season action, excluding the NCAA tournament games, that streak, ladies and gentlemen, that streak extends – to 82 games back to 2015. So excluding the NCAA tournament games, we have sold, not we, the Gamecocks have sold out the Colonial Life Arena for women's basketball for 82 consecutive games, which is over six years. It's going on seven years. It's a whole NBA season, right? Yes. There. a whole ab- Yeah, a whole NBA season. Seven years we have sold out for regular season games unbelievable unbelievable you know we need to find the stat of how when the last time the men's team sold out i hate to keep (laughs) harping on them but that might have to be back in 2017 when we made our final four run i'm sure yeah i'm sure that might have been it the this team the men's team just to give them some light they their their best defensive player hasn't been playing and their best offensive player also has been suspended for the first five games so there was hope for this team, and throughout the season, you'd like to think in a basketball season that the three-point percentage will eventually even out to around average for whatever the NCAA is, but ours has been so below average yeah. that I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> this team, they love chucking threes, but they hate making them. Yeah, speaking of these, uh, the men's basketball team, we can, we can, we can do something for them. The Gamecocks open a three-game homestand at Colonial Life Arena on Thursday when Andy Kennedy's UAB Blazers visit Columbia. The meeting is the fourth all-time all time between Columbia and UAB and the first since 1992-1993. Following its first loss of the season, Carolina rebounded with a 75-64 victory over Western Kentucky on Sunday in its final contest at the inaugural Asheville Championship. Junior guard Jermaine Quinsnard and rookie guard Devin Carter led Carolina with 16 points apiece, and graduate graduate student guard James Reese IV tallied a season high 14 points behind four makes with three from three range. Carolina's 45% uh, from the field, and the win versus Western Kentucky marked its best shooting percentage of the season thus far. The Gamecocks suffered their first loss of the season on November 12, falling 66 to 62 to Princeton. What? Carolina struggled from the field, hitting just 36% overall and just 15%. That's abysmal. From three-point. Yeah, they were four for 26. Princeton made 11. That's the difference in this game. That's the difference in the game. I got to say, James Reese, he might be one of the best players on the team. He is uh, a monster. He has uh, big, long hair. You can't miss him. And he really knows how to how to run this team he plays great defense he and I feel like he can he's a real point guard for this team I think he can be I mean it's being a 6-4 he is a graduate student he's right here from South Carolina east over uh, he played basketball at AC Florida prior to the time of South Carolina he's uh he's spent freshman season at Buffalo 
I must. I hope that's in New he's York. He's been bouncing around because he was also yes. in uh, North Texas. Yeah, he's been at uh, Odessa College. He's been at North North Texas. Um, Which in North Texas, he uh, he got a win in the tournament. So we got some veteran presence that know what it feels like to get some yeah. wins in the tournament. Yep, and they earned the 2020 Conference USA regular season championship. Absolutely. So he knows what it's like to be on a team that can win and put stuff together. So maybe maybe he could be our spark for this team, get some people together. Uh, Eric Stevenson, who is a senior from Washington, he has been shooting terribly so far, but in, in his whole career has been a pretty good shooter. Yeah. And I feel like if he could just get that to click, we might have a have a real spot-up shooter on our team. Maybe. I don't know what yeah. else to say about that. Nah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. When, going into this game, UAB is 3-0 this season from victories with UNC, Asheville, Moorhead State, and Rhodes College. The Blazers were picked as the preseason favorites to win Conference USA this season, so this might be a tough game. In its win over Rhodes College, UAB tied a school record with 23 steals. That tells you about their defense. Jordan Walker leads four Blazers, averaging double-digit, double figures this season. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Because we just spoke about how our team is lacking uh, um, distribution. Yeah. One guy wants to score this, and then one, you know, he wants his twenty. He wants his money makers in order to get drafted in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe they need to listen to UAB when it when they say this dude Jordan Walker is averaging twenty one points a game, and then the next guy up to him is Quinn Jackson at sixteen points a game, and then there's Mar Michael. Ertel, 12.3, and Taven Lovin, 11.5. That, that's crazy. That is four, Why We don't four. have that mentality. No, and we definitely do not have four players averaging double-digit points. No. No, not at all. The There is definitely not that mentality in this basketball game, or basketball team. Yeah. And uh, there's, like, UAB, you were saying, could be a tough game. I think easily could be a tough game. This, uh, I mean, they've lost a plen- they've lost a Princeton. They didn't look great against uh, whoever else they just played. Uh, Western Kentucky. I mean, only winning by eleven against Western Kentucky in a neutral field should be should be pretty crazy. I mean, maybe it's a neutral field, but we should not be losing Princeton. We should not be that close to Western Kentucky. But UAB might. I mean, they might they might do well if you're if they're averaging if anyone on that team is averaging twenty one points. They're, they they could have a good chance of beating us. Yeah. Here's a, here's a did you know. First year assistant coach Brian Steele on the men's team is one of 28 assistants nationally who are 30 years or younger. I think that's a great note to make because Frank is not 30 years or younger. No. So the recruiting aspect is not what it could be. And I think that this young man, Brian Steele, may may give us an advantage uh, in, in the recruiting aspect. Um, Steele just turned 28. On November 10th, a three-year letter letter winner for the Gamecocks on the Hardwood, hardwood 20, from 2012 to 2015. Steele saw action in 50 career games in the Garnet and Black with four starts after knee injuries dotted his first three seasons on the court. Steele opted to serve as a student assistant coach during the 2015-16 season. He did the same during its 16-17 season that saw Carolina reach Final Four and then was a graduate assistant manager the following year. Uh, which is great. I mean, they they need to figure out a way to recruit some some real players. And I'm not saying we don't have real players because if I went out there, they'd dunk all over me. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if you take it, an average SEC team to come in here, that average other SEC team would dunk all over us. Um, and it's not because we don't have the want and the will. We just don't have the talent and the skill. So... I mean, it goes without saying that I'm I'm hoping for the best, but I am one of those expect the worst. You know, I'm hoping that they win. I'm hoping our our, our Gamecocks uh, rip the uh, eyeballs out of the Kitty Cats of Auburn come Saturday. But optimistically, hey, but realistically, no. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. the uh, The real thing, the last thing I want to point out about the the Gamecocks is we got to say. Go. We gotta go to the basketball games, especially the men's. We know the women's will have the cheering and stuff, but we need the men's team to get some love because they're out there busting their butts no matter what, win or loss. And we need to be there supporting there, not just going. We need to be standing up. We need to be cheering. It's not just when Chick Fil A is coming up. We need to be out there the whole time harping on these other teams, and because that basketball is where you make your presence known as a student section. Yeah. So 
if we really people say, oh, we're not a basketball school. You want to be a basketball school? Make it a basketball school. Go to the games. Yeah. Make it a basketball school. Rock up with your jersey, and yell and scream your head off because I know that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I'm doing every game. So, gotta head there. But I think I think that's all we all we got for the game cause. Well, week. let me ask you a, a personal question, and okay. I wish that people were listening and call in on this. But let me ask you something. How do you feel? about a, a head coach of any team, to be honest with you, football, basketball, baseball, at a collegiate level, recruiting their own son or their own daughter to play at that school. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, I do feel like uh, morally it's probably all right. I just feel like as long as you don't give him more, you have to treat the son or the daughter just like everyone else and – the I don't know. It's been done before. Uh, Austin Rivers got his, his his dad traded him. Doc Rivers def, uh, traded his own son off the Clippers. So right, but I'm I'm serious though. I'm I really think about it. I, myself, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I per, yeah, at, I at a collegiate level, prob- probably couldn't do it at collegiate level. That's there's a difference. Now yeah. high school, all, by all means, that dad mm-hmm. needs to be out there because he sees something in his son to make it and push him. To that next level, mm-hmm. but when you're at college, I don't. I I have a problem with that because, first of all, how? Why did he go to that college? Was he was was the only way for him to get a college scholarship or play college basketball? Is the only opportunity where my dad can get me in? Yes. Or is that is that the only way he's getting minutes? Is that the right. Only way he's getting looks. Yeah, right. And, and and other players on the team will have some kind of heartache about it. Why didn't he just let him go to go to upstate? Why didn't he? Because you know, Frank Martin's Brandon Martin is on the team. And he plays basketball. He doesn't play a lot, but he plays. And oh, that's his son. Yeah, Brandon Martin is his son. In fact, there are 23 father and son coach player duos in Division One this season alone, all the way from Boise State, UConn, uh, Memphis, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, USC, Upstate. Dave Dickerson's son, Dave Dickerson the third, Syracuse, Utah, Western Illinois, Wright State. Um, I, and I just, I just, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm a hundred percent sold on that. Now, don't get me wrong. If the, if your son is not getting opportunities elsewhere and you would like your son to get the opportunity, I understand. I'm looking at the, uh, the pre-South Carolina, the personal, I clicked on his name, looking at his bio. He did play, he did play three seasons of at USC Upstate. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, average and not great numbers. I'm sure his I'm sure his dad honestly was like, "Look, I can give you a shot here, but you're probably not going to get as many looks as mm-hmm. uh, you want, and you're going to have to sit the bench. But it'll be it'll be on that it'll be on SEC television, and that'll be it. But I don't know. I, I it's got to be it's got to be strange. It is. I, I just have a little bit of heartache about it. And 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 don't get me wrong. People might be like, "Dude, I mean, what's the big deal, bro?" Well, I mean, think about it. Our team sucks as it is already. I mean, we don't suck, suck. Don't get me wrong out there, Gamecock Nation. I mean, I'm saying right, no, alleviate I, I, we. Yeah. The Gamecocks don't such that suck that bad. They're probably not going to be the worst in the SEC by any means. But they won't be the top. They won't be the top. But this spot that this young man from upstate, who was not doing well where he was, gets an opportunity to step up to the plate and play in the SEC, that could have been a spot that some other – portal player, some other player who was better could have taken that spot. Now, don't be wrong. If you're listening, Frank, it's not personal. It's all about making our team better. Well, and, and you're also you're thinking we have seniors and juniors on the team that want these minutes as well. Yes. Like, they're not only transfer guys, but there's graduate students, there's redshirt juniors, there's, there's seniors, another graduate student, and even the freshmen that came here. Look, look I came here to play – yeah. Uh, basketball. I didn't come here to sit behind Frank Martin's son, who right. averaged five points at USC Upstate. Yeah, and you're gonna come in here, and it, he's not gonna get five points here. This is more competitive, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, no, no. So he, if you're averaging five points at USC Upstate, when you come here, it's gonna be an issue. I just, I just think that the the players that were recruited are optimistic about playing and improving. Now, as you mentioned, he was spent three years at Upstate, so he's 21. Or 22, so his his younger days, as far as progressing to be a better player, or or where are they? They're in a be, they're behind him because he's not going to get the full four years that these 
freshmen are going to get. So, and he just got here. Yeah, so give these cats, these young guys, opportunity. But then again, Frank, Brandon, I mean, it's it's op- it's great. Uh, father-son bonding, being working together, because what happens when you graduate? Your son's going to go off someplace. Um, this is an opportunity for that, which is great. I, I, I understand that aspect of it. But at the same time, you want to next year if you're here. This might, you know what? This might be a curtain call. Let's let's make it possibly what it could be. Brandon, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come here because I'm done. This is it. I might be out next year because we don't have the talent that other teams have. So let me uh, coach you for one year um, and spend more time with you before you leave. You never yeah, know. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I was thinking, uh, Brandon, look, you know, you're not going to make the NBA anyways. You know, you could ride the bench for me, or you could just stay at Upstate and score five points a game. Yeah, like, All right, I'll ride the bench with you, Dad. Yeah, I want to. I want right. to. You know, colonial life. Beyond, yeah. at least they can see me uh, sitting on a bench on ESPN sometimes. Oh, and SEC Network yeah. will will mention it every every other game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, Frank Martin's son. Yeah, as soon as he lets him in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. There'll be a, a a little um profile on him uh every once in a while, and interview him just because of who he is. Um, All right. Jay. Yeah. Before we end the show, I want to get into some uh, some other things in sports because some an interesting Carolina more Carolina news came out mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Cam Newton. Yeah. Coming back to uh, North Carolina, or uh, they're actually the the Carolina Panthers. Yes. So, to they're coming back. He's back to Charlotte, and uh, in his limited debut, you know, scored two touchdowns and uh, really got the people pumped up for Superman coming home. Yeah, I was excited to see it. You know, when I was watching the game. What Cam does is he sells tickets. Yes. And I think that's why they brought him in. And P.J. Walker is not a bad quarterback by any means. But when you get out there and see Cam Newton and his his, his aurora, his his just natural flamboyancy, mm-hmm. um, that's what people want to see. And when, as soon as he made that touchdown, ran into the end zone, he took off his helmet and says, I'm back, <laughs> you know, and that's what people wanted to hear. And that's what it, yes. and people were excited to see that. And now – he looks like he might be the starter this weekend. Yes, he's uh, he's taking the first team reps. He's supposed to be the starter this weekend, and as you mentioned, that's that's what he does. He gets the crowd pumped up, and for a team that started three and zero and dwindled out a little bit, and then got their butt kicked by the New England Patriots, yeah. uh, it's a good spark for their season. Speaking of the New England Patriots, they're back. Mm. The league didn't stop them soon enough. They yeah. had one season. Mac Jones is back. And uh, he's looking like the best QB in this draft so far. I won't get ahead of myself. I'm not saying he's going to win six Super Bowls, but, you know, maybe four will do. All right. <laughs> Down goes Patriots <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Probably. But, Prediction. All right. I'm, but I'm, for this, considering what happened last year, I'm 100% okay with losing the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, at least they made it. Yes, as long as they make it. Yes. But after that, I'm expecting championships. All right. That does it for the countdown. Uh, the music for the show is called No Time to Lose by Morning Light Music. The countdown is a production of WSC News and is produced by myself, Jay Weaver, and Riley Hudson. If you like what you hear and want to check out other WSC News podcasts, head over to GardenetMediaGroup.org or any other podcast streaming services. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WSC The Countdown, and please email us at TheCountdownWC at gmail.com. That does it for the week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. I'm Jay Dog. Countdown ends in three, two, one.